Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Four Jack Podcast. On today's episode, we have Jason Housey of TaylorMade Golf. Jason is a PGA Tour rep who travels with the team throughout the season and has plenty of stories to share. We discuss how exciting it has been to have golf back and just how crazy it has been for the team. We talk DJ, Morikawa, and what it was like when Tiger joined the squad. This is a super fun chat, so let's just get right into it. Cheers. Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast. Welcome back to the Four Jack Podcast, brought to you by Jackson Labs. Back in it today, as usual, just grinding, doing our thing, trying to enjoy the last bit of the Edmonton summer, the Canadian summer. It feels like it's winding down, but I, I really don't want to admit it. And I know I've said this before, but it does feel like there's a bit of a chill in the air. But exciting guest today. But before we get into that, let's just say hello to the boys. Tombo, what's cracking? Oh, not too much, bud. Uh, yeah, just enjoying the summer that we're having right now. I'm excited to be here. We got a big guest on the show today coming all the way from TaylorMade. Hopefully learn a little bit about the company, what they're working on, what he's been up to, his golf story, and yeah, just ready to dive right into this one today, boys. Absolutely. Next up, Parks, what's cracking? I can't, I can't believe you're saying it's like winding down already, man. That's just dreadful. Dude, it it's, feels uh, like it, though. It's, it feels a little chilly in the air, yeah, but I mean, obviously, BC, we play golf all year round, so that's just want to rub no, that in your face. Keep rubbing it in. I don't need to hear it. <laughs> Super stoked. Let's move on away from you. I don't yeah, need to hear any talk. Super I'm stoked to have this guest on tonight. He's an ASU grad. I think he played uh, on the same team or in the same years as Paul Casey, potentially. He's worked at multiple golf companies, and he's done something that none of us on the show have accomplished yet in our young lives. He just had a baby July 10th, so that's a huge, huge Ooh, congratulations to Congratulations. Man, Jason I like it. Can't hate on that. But our guest today... Like Parks alluded to, tour representative for TaylorMade Golf, Mr. Jason Housey. How are you? Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's our pleasure, man. It's a pleasure to steal you away from everything that's going on right now. I know you're following uh, the tour as much as we are, and let's just dive into that and let's see how it's going. How's everything going for you lately with uh, the return to golf? Yeah, you know, obviously we're kind of living in this crazy world with COVID, so everything uh, is obviously a little different. It's it's different on the tour side, but I'll tell you what, when we're out there week to week, it actually feels pretty normal. You know, we don't have access anymore to clubhouses and locker rooms, but you've gotten used to that equipment sanitation area pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the, it's just like the rest of the world, right? Like this COVID thing changes every day. And it's the same on tour. Like at first you had to drop everything off at the sanitation area and then a player had to pick it up there. Now they've changed that. They realized like, all you're doing then is adding extra hands. So now we're, you know, giving clubs right back to players on the range. They're doing the same back to us. And so to be honest, it's kind of nice to get out on the road and on tour because it feels pretty normal being back on that driving range at a tour event. Yeah, I bet. And before we go any farther, I I do want to congratulate you and the rest of the team on the first major win of the year with uh, Colin on, on the squad there and making a big splash and gotta be huge for you guys. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean, it's, since the restart, it's been pretty incredible. I mean, you get DJ winning a couple times. You get Colin winning a couple times. Uh, you know, then, of course, why wouldn't Jim Herman throw in a quick 124 weekend? Uh, I mean, just some incredible stuff. And, and it's been it's always fun to win. Right. 
Uh, and so it's just been fantastic. I guess it's a little bit unfair, though. You guys have, like, the most ridiculous stable of players right now playing TaylorMade, everything. And TaylorMade's, like, the complete package. The ball, the wedges, the irons, the new release products, the sim. Like, what can't you guys do? Yeah, no, thanks for the the kind words. Um, you know, obviously, I'm a little biased, but I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, from, from top to bottom. And just being, you know, at the end of the day, all five of us are golf geeks, right? We've been around this stuff for 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it is. And um, yeah, I mean, TaylorMade had always been a woods company. Uh, and obviously, I'm sure all four of you just saw the new release of the new irons, you know, the 770s, the MCs, the MBs. I mean, I, I know Sick. that the pre-orders were, I want to say, August 14th. And I know that we set a one-day pre-order record that was actually double the old record. Wow. So, I mean... You know, golf's killing it during these COVID times when people are stuck at home and, and it's it's a perfect sport to go out and spend time outside and, and hang out on the other side of the fairway with your buddies. And, you know, people don't have anywhere to spend money and obviously they're buying new irons. Yeah. Uh, so the golf business in whole, you know, is doing doing pretty well trying to fight back and, you know, get within shouting distance of, uh, you know, those budget numbers for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's, right. it's pretty crazy. I mean, like you kind of said there, with obviously golf coming back and what TaylorMade used to be and everything. And if you look at this year alone, I mean, what a weird year, but of the three newish number one world or world's number one players, like you got two of them. You had, you have Rom, you got, you got DJ, you got a major winner. And I mean, TaylorMade always used to seem like kind of like a niche club back in the day. I mean, it was only woods, like you said, and nobody really thought about everything. And now you look at, through the bag of these top players across the tour, across every tour, it's crazy. Like it's actually stunning at times. Yeah, yeah no, no, absolutely. Um, like, like you said, the irons, the wedges, the spider putter, the golf ball. I mean, I don't know if you guys have had the chance. I'm sure you all have probably played both balls. I mean, it's, it's an incredible golf ball. Um, right. Uh, we're all pretty much close enough in the same generation, right? We all grew up with the Titleist golf ball, which is a great golf ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know what, right now, I think the TaylorMade ball is, is honestly the best golf ball out there. And, and you have a couple things that you, you know, have to make decisions on between the X and the five. Uh, and you've seen all of our guys actually play both golf balls for different reasons, you know, one day you may want it super penetrating in the wind and maybe something that launches higher. And another day, you know what, you may want to just hit more of flighted wedges mm-hmm. uh, and, and be able to hit little nip spinners around the green. So, you know, it just changes, but yeah, both golf balls have been incredible. Uh, and yeah, I mean, our staff is just, it's, it really is a, a, a handful of great icons, but then I, I still love, and, I, and no, no offense, Jim Herman, if you're listening, you get a guy <laughs> like Jim Herman who just, you know, kicks in and, and I mean literally his 124 weekend I mean give me a holler next time we see a 124 weekend that just yeah. doesn't happen that's ridiculous my favorite part about that whole Jim Herman victory was just after he had finished 18 and he's just like my girlfriend's <laughs> like so what happens if they tie and I'm like well like now he's either gonna go practice or wait and then sure enough he's like taking a drink of his water with the lid still on it like oh man yeah like I really hope he doesn't have to go play <laughs> playoff now well, you know and it's funny because jim has several years that um you know he, he just he goes out there he's an unbelievable ball striker right but you know from top to bottom i mean he's going to have a hard time competing with with the likes of these icons and, and world number ones that we were talking about but he's a great ball striker and i mean two years in a row he was outside the fedex cup number and he wins barbasol 
out of the blue, which obviously, yeah. you know, being a second tier event, you know, is what it is. But, you know, Wyndham had some, I mean, that was probably, I don't know from what Wyndham's viewpoint was, but that had to be one of their best fields ever. I mean, they had some real ballers in there with Paul Casey and Brooks and yeah, everybody was um, playing. Yeah. That, they, I mean, they had a pretty nice, like top heavy list of names. So it was a decent field for the last, you know, you got all these events, right. So combined in, it's going to get even worse coming up with, you know, us open the masters and everything but yeah no it, it's been it's been great and then you know i mean shoot you guys all watched dj this last week i mean to shoot 30 under and a win by 11 i mean so when dj should have been has 15. his a game it's tough when rory and dj have their a game like in tiger i mean right those are the ones that we've seen and it's just it's tough to beat we talked about this on the on our tour pod wrap-up show on sunday night and it's like that seemingly dj kind of walked it in i mean there was an opportunity for him to shoot 56, 57. Like, obviously, there's an eight-hole stretch. He went cold, whatever the case may be. And obviously, he's not a super emotional guy, so you don't really see him react, so to speak, on camera. But, like, man, there was huge potential for that to be stupid deep. Yeah, no. I, I, weird, I joked with a bunch of my friends, coworkers, everyone. I mean, that was the worst 60 you will ever see. Yeah. <laughs> but this, you, that's but, what but, I wanted to hear. But this he is the, the last seven holes? This I mean, is the problem awful. that people are talking about that, that he shoots 60 and they're like, oh, that what happened? Right. And it's like, <laughs> he won by 11. Like DJ doesn't care about the numbers, man. He just wants to win. Whether it's yeah. 55 or 65, a win's a win. Like keep padding those stats, man. Like his resume is disgusting. Oh, it's Hall of Fame for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Don well, I, mean, I saw a bunch said of it. those stats on Twitter. That Justin Ray with Golf Channel is unbelievable. Yeah. If you guys don't follow him on Twitter, he's Incredible. the best stat guy on this planet. And I mean, just all those numbers. I mean, I think he led greens and regulation. I want to say by seven greens. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. Like that's he like you every lead greens green. and reg by one. That's every green he hit on on Sunday, I believe, is what the stat yeah, was. I, every I think single so green. Too. And he has, yeah, like that record's like 63 out of 72 or something like that. Like that hasn't been done forever and ever. Like, wow, where did that come from? Well, in TBC Boston, by the way, is not easy. Like, it's so funny how people are like ragging on like the tour and the golf ball in the distance. Course rating at TBC Boston is 77.2. And that's Oof. considering with like just Joe Blow pins. That's not like, and the tour officials knew it was softer than the fall because you're still in the summer. And the grass hasn't like firmed up like it does, you know, when we've seen all those like more like fall Boston, you know, events. It dries up. Mm -hmm. Totally. So these pens were harder than they've been in previous years. It just, I mean, these guys, they're good. And Dustin's unbelievable. And, and I actually say this a lot, you know, out of all the icons, DJ plays with his kind of C minus game more than most of them. Mm -hmm. But his C minus game, because he's so athletic, is so much better that as long as nobody goes off, he's winning. I mean, this last week, if he plays a C minus game, Harris English wins by three because he had his A game. Yeah. But when DJ or Rory have your A game, they're, they're not getting beat. I mean, you know, in some dream world, it would be amazing to see, you know, that happen, right? It'd be everyone's dream to have Rory and DJ tee off in a final round 10 in front of everyone because they're both doing it the same week. Mm -hmm. that would you know, be great that's just not fair though that's not ball. fair for anyone else jason i just it's not fair for anybody right yeah crazy yeah. like there's the no hope for performance there's no hope for any of those guys to come back like especially if any of those guys have a five or six shot lead like that means that guy's got to go out and shoot five plus five or six to take it down like, like you don't just pull a 60 out of your bag like it's nothing 
Or maybe and when DJ do. goes out and shoots 30 on the front nine with a five-shot lead, I mean, it. it was over. Night night. Do you get much interaction with DJ? You know, a little bit. You know, Keith Sabarbaro, who runs our tour, those guys, I mean, they're, I mean, those, they're each, you know, others, uh, they're really good friends, basically. And so um, DJ kind of always goes to Keith for all of his stuff. But there's a lot of times, I mean, Keith's not at every event or Keith's busy. I mean, obviously when, when Tiger calls, Rory calls, you know, you can't be everywhere. Right. So, um, we've all had the opportunity to work with them. I mean, I remember working with them numerous times in, at Riviera or, or, uh, you know, wherever the event's been, you know, DJ's in his own little world, but, uh, you know, he's just, he, and he needs very little help. Um, yeah. usually he's just fine tuning something or he gets bored and wants five drivers built. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> really? usually where he's at. Yeah. He, he, uh, and if you go look, I mean, you guys have seen it, I'm sure, through the years. He goes, you know, M3, M4, M3. Next year, he goes M5. Then he plays the M6 for two weeks. Then he's back in the M5. Same thing happens this year with Sim and Sim Max. And I think he's just so good, and he gets a little bored. And so he goes, hey, make me up four of these. And he just kind of hits them. And, and you guys know, I mean, even if they're the exact same, you still have different heads and different shafts that oh, feel different. different. And, yeah. you know, he he – he can come off a great win. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, obviously I'm not in Chicago this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did something like that this week. What about I mean, the just, putter? What about the putter tryouts? I heard he had like 10 putters with him and he, he did the roundabout and, and his old trusty steady Eddie kind of pulled through for him. So what's that about? Yeah. Right. I mean, he has never, I mean, you've never seen a guy switch putters and successfully switch putters so much. I mean, he wins mm -hmm. Hartford with the trust which was pretty incredible. And he had mm -hmm. thought he'd flirted with putting that play a few times. You know, he's got that blade. He's, he's played the spider X. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, he, he, I heard a quote about his, his brother, Austin saying something about the old trustee, that original black spider. Yeah. And he's like, I'm done having DJ Jack around. And I would, I, I wouldn't mind because that's a, I think he's played his best golf probably with that putter. Mm -hmm. um, but he's a perfect example that it, it doesn't matter. He can throw the trust in one week and win. Yeah. He can throw the blade in and win. Um, it's the Indian you know. of the arrow sometimes, right? Exactly. So here's exactly. my, here's my setup then for you. I wanted to know if you, what kind of interactions you get with him and see if you heard anything out of him and whatnot. Do you think this victory statement victory might've been like a little fuck you to Brooks? <laughs> um dun, dun, dun. Yeah. we have some music or a harp yeah, yeah. I mean, probably a harp. i'm sure i mean those guys have to be so competitive back at home that they like rubbing stuff in and i mean it has to sting dj that brooks has you know four majors even though i mean i don't even know what's brooks's total win count seven maybe seven ish yeah. he's got you know, more DJ's major victories than tour um, victories um but yeah you know maybe a little bit um I'm sure he probably wasn't even thinking about it. He would have enjoyed it more if Brooks would have been the guy in second. Let's put it that Yeah, way. totally. It seemed like Brooks was going to pull through after he threw some shade out there and had a second-place finish, even though he bombed it down 18 there and pumped it in the water and, and didn't pull pull through on that event. But, man, sad to see him totally out of the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs and with the knee injury. But, I mean, the, the stallion, the stable of TaylorMade guys is just amazing, and I think it's just going to be a walk-off win for – for Taylor made coming through the tour championship. Thanks. Yeah, I, uh, I hope so. And obviously we're in, and we're in good shape and, you know, the tour is crazy these days too, with, with how many guys aren't under contract, you know, obviously a lot of the Nike guys and so forth. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you're seeing a lot of SIM drivers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, our staff is in great position. I mean, what DJ's one, Colin must still be three or four. You know, you got a bunch of ROM, ROM still way up there. I mean, you, it'll be interesting. Obviously, in the playoffs, things can change quick, only three events now, et cetera. But uh, yeah, I mean, it should be exciting. It's kind of one of these things where, you know, now not being opposite of football. Uh, and and yeah. I don't know how you guys have felt about watching golf, but. I don't know, man. I get into the PGA and like, I don't even realize that fans aren't there. Like I don't notice until Sunday and you got the commentators and it's like, you know, obviously we all want them to come back, but I I enjoy watching golf just as much as I ever have. Totally. I, it's just Sunday afternoons is when I start to notice it. I mean, there was a few moments, like I mentioned it the other day, like at the travelers when Mackenzie Hughes make that bomb and you're like, eh, (laughs) <laughs> no, no excitement. It's like, dude, that was a 65 foot bomb. Like to really get yourself into contention here. Like they did a close up on Jason's caddy. That was the best. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. That was so good. <laughs> well, that was like, I think it hit me when JT made that bomb at work day. Oh, and it was like, yeah. Oh dude, there's no one around and he's yelling. Like, this is awesome. Come on. Yeah. 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 That was so sick. good. It's funny so you mentioned that because I was uh, listening to post Tiger interview after kind of what's been going on. And he's like, yeah, honestly, it's like it's crazy because I'm used to like walking through crowds and people are trying to steal stuff off me. But, like <laughs> now I can kind of just walk around in peace. He's like, I got to keep my eye on my glove. And like they're all just like, yeah, it's got to be such a crazy environment for like yeah, Tiger. And I do want to eventually get into what it was like bringing him on the TaylorMade program. But Maybe we should rewind this a little bit and get into your story about how you got into golf and like your journey in the golf. Yeah, industry. you're a bit of a player, Jason. So we got to talk about you and, and what was your introduction to the game? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I'm old now, but I grew up in Colorado uh, and I played college golf at Arizona State. Uh, I joke all the time that we're pretty much everyone from that team is on tour. I'm the only one that doesn't have to make cuts, though. Um, because you had, uh, you're getting paid. Yeah. You had, you had Paul Casey, you had, uh, Matt Jones, who was my roommate. Um, you had Joey Snyder who played out there for a few years. Um, Pat Perez, um, Ches Reavy kind of coming in as I was leaving. Uh, I mean, you had two other first team all Americans that never even made it on tour and Chris Nell and Scott Johnson. I mean, it was, it was a pretty loaded team. Um, you know, and, and it was, you know, college is the greatest time of your life and playing golf at ASU and, and, you know, shoot, the fact that I even was able to play probably half the events was, you know, just qualifying at the time you knew those guys were good, but now looking back, like I'll never forget Paul Casey came in at semester and I just thought he was some English dude, whatever, like I'm going to wax him. And we were both red shirting that spring and looking back, I mean, <laughs> Paul and I must have played together that spring 50 or 60 times. And I mean, every day we had a match because we were both redshirting. So we weren't in, in the, you know, Rotation, uh, the qualifier yeah. for the tournament and, you know, it'd be a six round thing, but we would be playing, but we'd be playing together and we had our own match. And somehow I thought that was straight up fair looking back. I mean, he should have probably given me four aside, I mean, it, but at the time, I mean, it wasn't crazy. <laughs> That's heavy candy, now, man. That's heavy yeah. candy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can only imagine a young Paul Casey too, just like an absolute cockney prick coming in there, oh. just like knows he's better than everyone, just cocky little shit. Like I can only imagine. Yeah, and then you got skinny little Jason here thinking I'm gonna smoke this English guy. 
And Young every Jason day went out Statham. there thinking that like it was normal. I mean, Paul and I still laugh about that stuff on the range when I see him and stuff. You know, Paul obviously plays, you know, has played a lot of our stuff in, in the past. And, you know, he's just a great guy. I mean, everyone, you know, you guys see it on TV. I mean, he's a super likable guy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. He seems like a really cool personality. Just somebody fun to be around. He, he, and he's got a lot of he's got a lot of respect for the other players. And he's always giving kudos to guys for doing stuff. And it's not all me, me, me. Like he's not the, the one man show, so to speak. Anyway, that's well, what, that's what it seems he's like. He's matured too. I mean, you saw his reaction after basically was it second or T two at the PGA. I mean, he handled that like such a season bet. I mean, he would have been hot 10, 15 years ago. Um, and it was just well, like, hey, I gave it my best shot. And I mean, if Colin doesn't go off, Paul Casey probably wins the PGA. But you know what? He the cool and that's exactly what I was talking about because the cool thing about that interview was he was just giving props to Colin. He's like, "You know what? Totally. We knew he was good. We saw him a long time ago and yeah, we knew he was good." And that that's huge. And I was like, "Wow. No PGA Tour player is ever going to admit that kind of shit." That's huge. Yeah, he's he's he he handles himself very very maturely at all times. I think yeah, I think cool Casey guy. had one of my favorite moments well, kind of loosely tied to the Morikawa shot, but like one of my favorite moments of the PGA was when he saw that shot and he turned around and he was like, who just hit that? He's like, (laughs) I'm like, that's sick. Like you're getting pumped up for someone when you're still like competing, like you're seriously in contention and you probably know that was Colin that hit that. And you're like, that's unbelievable. Like that's an older guy. Like that's the mentality of the older guys on tour, but no, he's like, like he's older. He's just, He's been He's out a there young for a, 43. Let's yeah, exactly. There like, there, yeah, he there doesn't go. seem like 43, but he also seems like he's been on tour for 25 years. So it's like <laughs> probably pretty close to be fair. But Jason, you made your time through uh, some of the, the developmental tours as well. Like you don't count yourself short. You were a player. You played some time on the nationwide when it was and did play a PJ tour event or two in your time. No, no PJ tour events. I played, I never had status on what's now corn Ferry. I Monday qualified. Uh, actually played with Kucher the first time I Monday qualified up nice. at the Kona did, Dunes. Did he give you any uh, tips? <laughs> no, I mean, at the time, it was like uh, we were the uh, same age, and it was like he was playing <laughs> on a sponsor exemption, and I had Monday, so it just kind of felt That's cool. normal, right? And then it was like, I, you know, I think I, I think I doubled the 35th hole, and he finished birdie, birdie, and next thing you know, I missed a cut by a shot, and he finished his second, and 20 years later, he's made – 49 million and i'm a rep <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy to see all right that. well it's been nice having you on jason have a great night <laughs> <laughs> well i mean let's just dive in this anyways because we're all big tiger fans we we want to really know like how is that whole process like getting tiger on board team taylor made and just like what was that first feeling of standing around tiger in your circle and being like whoa this is an aura that's unmatched yeah oh it is definitely unmatched and you know i i I can't even say i was in that that circle that kind of was first bringing him in between you know david abley's and and eddie eric manis and and kisa barbro um but yeah all of a sudden hearing that hey it looks like tiger's gonna play our stuff we may do something official i mean (laughs) it, it it is incredible and and i've had the opportunity uh, I've had the opportunity to work w- with them one-on-one um, w- one time at Quail Hollow. And then I've had numerous times kind of in smaller groups. Um, but, you know, he never does any work on site. So, I mean, these were 
for example, that time in Charlotte, uh, it had to do when those phase one TW irons came out and the long irons, the, the lie angle was just slightly off and we needed to tweak them, you know, on a, on a Wednesday morning. But yeah, I mean, the aura is just incredible. And, and also a lot of people know this already, but like to, to see it firsthand, the coolness that Tiger has is just unmatched. I mean, he, he has that serious look. He has to, right? Like when you're one of those ultra superstars, whether it's LeBron, Kobe, Tiger, whoever it is, like you have just a different attitude and aura. And you have to, when you're seeing people and cameras and fans, like you just carry yourself different. But when you get them in one of those smaller settings or circles, I, I mean, he's, dude, he's as cool as any of those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he probably the coolest, which makes sense for the GOAT. Yeah, no kidding. The backwards hat, sleeveless shirt, rolling into the golf club Shades. says it all about Tiger, right? Like he he's the man. Yeah. He, he he's got that BDE energy, right? Like he Yeah, knows. no, he he absolutely yeah. does. He loves <laughs> telling jokes. You know, he's just he's uh he's very authentic and sincere in a in a smaller setting. And it's uh it's neat to see because we're all used to kind of seeing on camera tiger right i mean we've seen it since kind of in the last few years though even in the press room like that's a different tiger than 10 years ago mm-hmm. totally it's like you t- it's like you touched on before with paul casey i mean is it i guess it's a sense of like they've gone through that era now where they're untouchable and, and now they're sort of it's not a handing over of the torch but i mean there's a lot of guys coming onto the tour where they can be sort of that mentor to them and and maybe eyes wide open a little bit to some of these guys and, and maybe take away some of the misses or the speed bumps for these guys and make it a little more enjoyable and give them that opportunity to get close and learn some things. So I love how it's becoming super inclusive on the PGA tour. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I even, uh, I think it was last week I saw Colin talking about uh, just running into a couple guys, you know I mean? Like for example, you know, they all did that Christmas shoot, right? I mean, I can't imagine how Matt and Colin must have felt hanging out doing that Christmas shoot with like Tiger and Rom and Rory. Like, just feeling so like, you know, like, wow, like I can't even believe we're invited to be a part of this. Obviously being the next set of icons, but it still feels overwhelming. Cause like, Hey, we got out of school six months ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, I heard in, in one of the press conferences last week in Boston that Colin, he was talking about how Rory came up and said something to him about the PGA and, and, Maybe it was DJ, somebody else too. Like it was just, Tiger did you know, too. Yeah, there's a photo Tiger, floating around. Maybe yeah. it was Tiger and Rory. There's so, a I mean, photo got, floating. Yeah, one and two right there coming up to you. Like now you're bros. Like at the Christmas what? shoot, it was like, hey, I'm Tiger. Nice to meet you. And now it's like, hey, great win, bro. And you're yeah, like, yeah, hey, hey dude, here's my number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll text yeah. you the odd time. If that's cool. You're like, what the fuck? But at the same time, yeah, I mean, no t- doubt. Tiger dealt with that when he was a kid. You know, when he first busted on the scene. Even after his first Masters win, I mean, that was it was probably a little more ground shaking for a lot of the tour thinking like, oh, shit, I, I can't do that. Like Aaron Overhoser was on an interview the other day and he was trying to mimic what Tiger was doing because he played against him in college and he was like, he won in Milwaukee or whatever. He's like, I can, or not Milwaukee, in Phoenix. He's like, I can do that. Gets on tour consistently. I can do that. Wins the Masters by 12. I can't do that. Like that's, that's <laughs> ridiculous. And I mean, Tiger's, I'm sure he's, yeah. he's dealt with that. He did have to kind of shut himself in when he got to a point, but he also, I'm sure he heard it from all the other, the older guys. I mean, it's not a question. He has to do that. Now that is his role as a 
role model. I mean, to the most of the guys on tour, like all of the stars now grew up watching him. So it's great that he's embraced that role. It, it, it makes golf actually more fun to watch. Yeah, I mean that like that hug at the uh, President's Cup this year awesome. when JT made that yeah. baller putt. His boys, I mean, dude, that's that's what it's about. Yeah, they're boys, and that's I mean that's cool stuff. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I, I like the whole idea of Tiger as the captain, like the playing captain especially. But totally more so from take away his play, which was absolutely stellar. But as a captain, like he's so methodical and so strategic that couldn't have picked a better captain to do such I mean, how do you not trust a guy like him in the, yeah. in the locker room like you want to get says something, you know it comes from somewhere of, of something you know what i mean like there's yeah. validity to what he says for sure That's how so cool. i gotta ask this i mean this is a burning question and you definitely don't need to answer this but what was like the whole process like when you got tiger on taylor made and you start diving into those irons like that's yeah, an I interesting mean, if, thing if to kind really of go down. You really want to get deep. Your your guys are are Paul Demoski, who's you know one of our head R and D guys. I mean, it, you know Paul Demoski, and, and then Keith Sabarbro's. Who knows how many visits he took down to Jupiter, but those were the guys that were involved. I mean, we knew the process was going to take a long time, mm-hmm. um, just because I think even those guys didn't realize how particular he is, um, and I know that the number of renditions and, you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys have even looked or seen those irons, but they're, you know, they're kind of unique. Like they look super pure from behind and like the TW, like, I mean, they just look beautiful, right? Like it's just yeah. like you want one club to like frame and put it on your wall. Cause it looks yeah. so cool. But if you actually go all the way through the set, it's pretty unique. I mean, just starting with the grooves. I mean, the grooves are closer together. Like it's the first thing you look and you look and you're like, that looks weird because the grooves, there's more grooves closer together that are smaller. And you don't even think about anything like that because you're just used to every iron basically kind of having the same type grooves. So Mm -hmm. there's some uniqueness to it. And and the long irons are small. the, The short irons are big, which technically for you and I, it's always the other way. The three and four iron are a little bigger. As we work through the set, the, the nine pitching wedge start to get smaller. So there's some uniqueness to what he wants. Um, but then at the end of the day, right, it's performance, it's ball flight, it's his window. Um, but yeah, so Paul Demosky, Keith Barbro, and, and a handful of other guys, um, you know, are the ones responsible for getting all that stuff together on our side at TaylorMade. That's so cool. That's huge. Jason, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about becoming a father and that amazing experience you went through this past July. Yeah, man. Crazy. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And that's half the reason that uh, I'm not in Chicago this week. Uh, I'm up in Denver, Colorado, which is where I grew up and our little daughter, Ellie, uh, who came out super little, which we knew was going to happen, but five pounds, four ounces. And, uh, so we just drove up my wife's on maternity leave and, uh, she's up here visiting her uh, grandparents. So it's been, uh, yeah, grandpa's, life, grandpa's out on a walk with her right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, like everybody has to have their time, right? That's got to be a yeah. cool experience. Strangely enough, yeah, you, no, got another, awesome. you got another connection to Denver here. Our boy Tombo is actually originally from there. Yep, born in Thornton, Colorado. Grew Love up, it, man. moved I, to I Canada. Grew up in Littleton. Okay, very cool. Yeah, my, I still have some family that lives down there. I, lo- I love Denver. I, I haven't been there. I went last year for a weekend and like yeah just such a beautiful place like 
the golf there's crazy i love that the ball flies a little further right above that altitude <laughs> everybody loves that yes. <laughs> and it sure beats the uh the 110 plus in phoenix i know phoenix has already broke the record the all-time record for most days over 110 so it's been nice to hang out you know 95 degree weather Somewhere yeah that was that was one of the major factors on why i had to leave phoenix was because like yeah growing up with like crazy winter it's like okay I've learned to acclimatize to cold, but like 45, 50 days of 110 degrees of heat is just like the craziest thing that your body goes through because like in winter you can hibernate, right? But in summertime, like there's so many precautions that you have to be taken with your diet and hydration. And like there's 28 year olds dropping dead because they decide they want to go on a hike. And it's like, <laughs> oh, like this is a crazy world to live in down here where the like ads on the radio are talking about car starters. So you can cool your car down. And then in Canada, it's just like the complete mental flux. I think somewhere in Colorado is where I'm destined to be, where it's like <laughs> summertime hits like 9,500 occasion. Like it's that's, yeah, that's hot. That's hot. But like, yeah, we got to have something a little manageable. Dry, all those things. Exactly. So yeah. So it's been nice to be up here with the grandparents uh, but it'll be nice to get back on the road here before we know it. Super exciting, man. What's the next stop for you? Are you going to be Atlanta? I think I'll be at Napa, which is our first. Okay. Yeah. So Atlanta, obviously super small field. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, no one's tweaking. You got 30 guys. I mean, literally the, the only guys we'll even have there will be Wade and Keith. Uh, yeah. And and Keith would probably tell you right now, he does nothing. He probably walks nine holes with four different guys and calls it a day. Uh, you know what I mean? Or calls it a week and, and uh, just, they're not going to be doing much. Right. Um, I, I, I got to ask the new irons. They may be doing a little bit of tweaking, but that's just too small of a field. So Wade, is he like, is he in Whitsack or something like that? Hiding out from a biker gang or what's his story? He looks like an interesting character. Yeah, he is. And his beer is making him look even more. That's, what, that's you know, what I'm thinking. Like Wade, the biker uh, gangs are looking. Yeah, Wade is a special human. Um, I'm sure you guys see that when you, you know, on Trotty's Instagram. You know, if you ever get out to a tour event, you're obviously any of you are more than welcome, you know, post COVID life to come in the trailer, uh, you know, and and spend some time with them. But yeah, he's unique. man. you know what? That trucker life is unique. Those guys have a lot of time. I mean, nobody, nobody really gives them enough credit for uh, everything they do. I mean, we, you know, I fly out Sunday and I fly home you know, now to be with my wife and my, my little daughter, uh, on Wednesdays, you know, and, and Wade spent all of Thursday and Friday driving from Boston to Chicago. And before you know it, guys are back there. And I mean, it's, that job's brutal and, and, and it's going to make you, you have a lot of time alone, a lot of time on the road and a, a lot of days in a row. Um, yeah. you know, he doesn't get to go home and hang out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then go back Sunday. Like we grinding. Yeah. I got to make it to the other side of the country by then i'm gonna listen to a few podcasts and talk radio and like being in pop models yeah <laughs> all, the, all the fun stuff jason you guys uh you guys dabbled a little bit with a podcast or recorded conversations you can talk about that a little bit oh uh, that's funny are you talking about big chair podcast <laughs> yeah. that's funny so we didn't really it was it was actually <laughs> it was kind of a parody on chris trot we yeah. were kind of making fun of him um about ping rep kenton oates obviously lives in phoenix working for ping and so him and i I are literally on the same flight every wednesday for sure um a lot of sundays as well so we're literally sitting next to each other and i don't know everyone has a podcast it feels like and trotty had a podcast and we were like you know what 
why don't we just start doing our own Instagram podcast? <laughs> yeah. uh, and we have some hilarious ones where, I mean, I remember a year ago, uh, we were on the range in Columbus at the corn Ferry for corn Ferry finals. And we're making picks for the week and just, you know, talking golf stuff like we're doing right now. And yeah. Scotty Scheffler was right behind us who, as you guys know, has played a ping driver a lot. He's played ours a couple of times, plays ping driver, plays our 730 irons. So he's kind of like a shared free agent, right? And he was right behind us. And I just dropped it into, well, you know, to see the full podcast, swipe up, catch us on our usual channels, Spotify, you know, SoundCloud, yeah. uh, and to catch the full interview with Scotty Shuffler, you know, and Scotty's like, <laughs> hey, see you in the big chair soon. So, and then it would just, the amount of people that would message us and go, hey, your swipe up isn't working. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> and it was like, you know, so we've joked about actually doing a real one. You're like, um, man, this is too it, easy. <laughs> well, it's just amazing. Like when you're at a tour event and like somebody like Sebastian Munoz, who's a ping staffer is like, guys, I, I couldn't find your podcast anywhere. Um, I mean, that laugh alone is worth it. You're like, that yes, is this crazy. is perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. Just taking the piss out of everybody. It's awesome. One thing. <laughs> totally. Maybe I'd like to dive into is yeah, the TaylorMade Spider putter. It's one of the most popular putters that is out there that I've noticed. Like between who I know that's a player that uses it, tour guys. Like maybe walk us through the evolution of uh, TaylorMade's putter. Yeah, well, what's funny, and you guys would all remember this because we've all been around for a while, right? Like back in the day. Um, and I don't have, I mean, this was almost even before my time. I was probably at Strixon Cleveland when the first itsy bitsy, remember when Jason day mm -hmm. used to put with that spider itsy bitsy that first came out and then they started to go into the bigger spiders and then the design started going down another path. And honestly, I can give Sean Mullen credit for this. Sean Mullen worked for us for, for years and years, and he's actually a Canadian. Um, he said, guys, why don't we bring the itsy bitsy back, man? Like that was the greatest putter ever. And we brought it back. And I know that Jason wanted to paint it red. Uh, and then, you know, he, I think it may have even been that year. He had that ridiculous like shots gained. It was, I want to say the all time record of shots gained maybe with that first red spider that came back. Mm -hmm. And so obviously when anybody does that and starts to like make that run towards number one and, you know, Jason days, possibly the most likable icon. I mean, if I throw Ricky in there because he plays our golf ball, that's, you know, one and two right there. But so mm. you got Jason playing so good, bombing it, making everything that red spider, you know, people thought it was almost new, right? We all know that that itsy bitsy really was around years earlier Old. and they basically brought it back and, and then yeah. they did the red and then they did the black and then they started doing different sight lines. And then obviously when spider X came out and the copper right. and the Navy uh, and the spider X really, it's funny if, if you dive into the technology of the spider X versus the spider, there's actually way more technology in that spider X with, with how you move the weight around, how you, you know, your off center hits, um, the, the MOI on the spider X is, is far greater. Um, obviously the spider super stable to begin with as well, but yeah, no, I mean, that's where it evolved to. And then, you know, we, and now it's just little, little renditions, right? You got, you got all the necks, you got the short slant, the flow neck, the plumber's neck, the face balance, you know, you got the clear path now on the spider X, you got dots, lines, 
you know, T alignment, all, all, all these different things, right. To customize it up. Um, but at the end of the day, right. They're all the spider and, and it looks like the world plays them. And if you really want to see the world play them, I think maybe at the club pro a year ago, like I can't even remember the last club pro because of COVID, right. Like banned like in or, or not banned in, um, up there in Northern Cal, the bayonet, bayonet and black horse. They played the club pro up there. Mm. It's like a three twelve field. I think, I think there was 160 spiders in play, something like wow, that. Like, it was a crazy, crazy number. And I am somebody from titles. will probably text me and tell me I was way off or Odyssey, <laughs> whatever, but I can yeah. tell you that it was insane, right? Like we may have 10, 15 a week, but it was, it, you know, AJGA, same thing. I mean, every once in a while I, during COVID, I just did an AJGA event there in Phoenix and it felt like half the field, half the kids were playing with spiders. And so it's, cool. you know, they see DJ, they see Jason, they see Rory, they see these guys playing with that and, and making putts. And it resonates, and, uh, man. For I sure. mean, look at Berger. I mean, how about that guy? That guy, that guy got a, that guy got the spider chalk from me Wednesday, me and Wade Wednesday, as we're shutting the trailer up in Phoenix. And if you go look at his results from Phoenix, it's, I mean, obviously we know what he's done since we came back from COVID, but leading up to COVID, I'm almost positive. He had four or five top tens in a row. I'm going to say it now. He's going to win. He's going to win the tour championship. He's going to win. I mean, what, let me ask you guys something. What's going to happen with Berger? Let's, let me, let's flip it. I want to know from you guys. I think this Berger Masters thing is so intriguing. He is right getting now. so I shafted over that. in the world. And he's not in. in the world. And he's yeah, not in. Know. It's they ridiculous. They have to do a special invite, right? They have no, to, but they don't. 100%. But you got to think. No, but you can't. Because you know what? You set rules out. You got to stick by them. No, sorry. So That's how it so is. Say is he plays this year's different. This year's different. It's, it's not, COVID, though, but I know, but like that's the, the rule. So who are you going to kick out then? So is, no, I think you just add. Phil. Masters wouldn't kick anyone out. They only have Thanks, they have Phil. nine they have ninety six they have ninety six guys right now, and there's no reason why they can't have more. But you, if they had one, well, but then you got to get rid of someone else because then you're going to have an odd odd number of guys. But like those are the rules, and I I get it. But like, yeah, it's also shit. Because if you think about it, since the return to golf, Berger has been by far the hottest guy the on best. tour. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Every single week, you're like, holy shit, he's in there again. Like, yeah. uh, he is stunning. And you know what? Like, I, I take away the equipment and whatever. His skill is next level. But, and I'm not saying I have a good move, but <laughs> his, his move scares me. Like, we talk about this some, all the time. It's disgusting to watch. His, it makes his you want to vomit. His stroke scares me, but it's just yeah, like, you know, how does it, it keep is going swing, in? But he's so athletic in his ball fight. It's just sick. And he, I mean, he is as confident as it comes. I mean, he, he's in that top five group, the top of uh, top five most confident players. Look at his girlfriend. I'm She's a babe too. He's very athletic though, too. He's kind of like DJ V2, you know, like he has like that athletic capability. Like he, his body type is just perfect for the new game. And I'm pretty um, sure his dad was a professional tennis player, like pretty <laughs> like legit professional tennis player. So he's been around that professional athlete growing up as well. He's, he comes from pedigree. So he knows what it takes, right? Or he's, yep. it's ingrained in his DNA at some capacity. Oh, he's, yeah, a he's a player. He's somebody to watch for sure coming up over the next six weeks, eight weeks, hundred percent. What do you think about the Jason? What do you think about the younger guys coming up right now between like Wolf Morikawa? Like, are you just astonished by these guys coming out of college and just being absolute horses? 
Dude, I would have lost my house if you would have told me that Hovland, Morikawa, and Wolf would all be top 36 in the world <laughs> Yeah, a year later. Like, I mean, that's just not going to And happen. a major like, championship in that in that mix as well. Like, what? And one um, was the clubhouse leader I, before the other they one. They still won. have school books in the back of their Honda Civic in the parking lot, right? And it's like... Dude, I mean, if you... On? And the thing is, is you look at these, like, other young studs, like, that were right before them, right? Like, JT. Like, people act like JT's, like, in that same... Well, JT went to Q school, missed, then played on Corn Ferry and graduated from Corn Ferry. I mean, Jordan Spieth missed its second stage, and then later that yeah. year played a president. Storybook. But I mean, Storybook, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it it, and to have all three of them do it. I mean, it it just was incredible. I mean, it's it's probably ruining a lot of the expectations for a lot of these studs. I mean, you totally. got John Augustine and Trent Phillips and. Julian Perico. I mean, you have all these studs, but you know, they're going to think they can do the same thing. But you know what? I also think that because of what those three have done, I think that that PG tour university also got moved, bumped up probably a year or two. I don't think it was going to debut as quick as it did. Mm -hmm. And I think when those guys did what they did, it just proved to everyone like, you know what? We should probably be giving these top five, 10, 15 college players, like auto starts into corn. Yeah. 100%. it, you know, we get they they graduate in June. They finish in CAA's, and dude, you go straight to like Wichita. So this is like a big the, new country club, and let's go. Let's the best thing that and- the best thing that the PGA Tour did when they picked up the Canadian Tour at the developmental level is that they started offering bursts to the web or the nationwide or whatever you wanted to call it at that time. And that is absolutely the best thing to do because, and then these guys are actually playing for something and it trains them. It gives them that capacity. Hey, yeah, I can compete up here. or This is what I need to work on. This is why they're, they're developing these like soldier players that come into the collegiate levels and they just come out and they're ready to win. They're ready to kick right. everyone's ass. It's great. No doubt. Yeah. Well, what I like about of, it. Them, it's a long stretch, right? It's yeah. not just, Q school like it's you, you at every level now you have a true goal a season-long goal of trying to get somewhere yeah you're graduating through the process it's not like going into six weeks of hell or yeah. six yeah. rounds of hell like ugh. the one thing that i kind of like about this whole situation about young people stepping up and doing it is like in the world we live in it's kind of like your opinion for the most part doesn't mean anything until you're like 30 right you're, you're just young and you're a kid but it's like no like if you go through the right processes and, and and you have the right people around you, like you develop a lot quicker and you, you can be capable of great things at that age. And I think we need as like a society to kind of like understand that, like, no, you don't have to go through four years of college and then like go do your time to like be capable of doing great things. It's like, it's in you when you like, when you're 18, 19, if you get the right people around you that like know how to work the mental side, give you the discipline, like you can be looked to, to be, actually compete and do things that are great on like in golf or in any aspect of life. Right. Like if you, there's obviously a learning curve and like with Jordan speed a few years ago, right. Everybody, wow. Look at what Jordan's doing. And then like, it's hard to maintain that forever. And now he's kind of struggling, but it, it is cool that to see what these guys have done. And then PGA universities kind of like, okay, we, how do we, how do we push this? Let's accelerate this because there's something it grows the game for sure. And I mean, there are going to be those anomalies and Jason, I'm sure you've seen it and you've played with some of those guys that are like, wow. And then where did they go? But yeah, it's nice to see that there's a process to it now and it's getting better exposure. It's just well, helping to 
Curling and props to uh, props to Will Gordon too, man. Like, there's another oh, one. Like, absolutely. he's so under the radar now. Yeah. I mean, dude, what he did is like the dream. You know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, he's a full Callaway guy. Trav, where's Travis Matthews? Like, obviously, I'm a little biased towards my TaylorMade guys, but at the end of the day, like, you know, back when I used to work Corn Ferry Tour, like, we're all golf fans too, and we're just trying to help these guys get better and play better and have success and. Like what Will did, I mean, dude, that guy's awesome. He bombs it. He's a cool dude. Uh, he'll be super likable and marketable. And, and yeah, now he's got a card, right? Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. I think, too, Absolutely. by eliminating something like Q-School, which I, I'm not a fan of eliminating Q-School because I've always enjoyed, like, the, the storybook dream of doing it. I get it, and it's you, brutal. You haven't gone through it. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it's brutal, you know? Like, it, the second stage of Q-School is, like, the worst thing ever. But if you do it, it's a great story. But also, it's like, okay, you get rid of that, so guys have to go play on these other tours. And, like, that made the Corn Ferry that much stronger. I mean, you look at the yep. guys that have been graduating from there lately. Look at Scotty Scheffler, prime example. Look at what's down there right now. Curtis Luck just winning. And then you got Ruffles. I mean, the competition down there is good. Like, yeah, really Ruffles good. Ruffles is my boy, dude. I can't wait for that guy to finish this Same. off and get out there. We're waiting dude. patiently. You don't, you don't, we got to give him a little insight into this. So Jay, we're like, we've had Ryan on, we've had Gabby on, we've had mom and dad on. I was texting, I was texting with Gabby while she was over playing the British. Like we know Ryan used to date Sierra Brooks a few years ago. Yeah. There's a tailor-made girl right there. Like there's a little incestual tailor-made thing going on here. With the family <laughs> ruffles. Too many we just want to make sure we get the invite to Thanksgiving dinner. That's all we care about now. Yeah, absolutely. What a great family, though, and, like, pedigree of players and, like, big things to come for Ryan, for sure. He needs to get that W under his belt, man, and then I'm scared for everybody else in the field because he is good. Totally, and it, it feels like he's been around for a while. I'm, I Correct me if I'm wrong. If you guys know, I'm pretty sure he turned 22 in April. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's still so young, people forget. Yeah, doesn't even have a driver's license yet, but he's just he's just <laughs> banging him out there at the good ones. Yeah. And he's just playing consistent, and that's what you do. I mean – these, you know, I feel bad for the Corn Ferry guys. I mean, you know, they basically are, you know, they're playing 45 events now to, you know, graduate 25 guys, which is going to end up leaving, you know, 20 guys that are going to win and not graduate. But yeah, yeah hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully Ruffles is able to uh, graduate here this next year. I mean, he's a great kid and a great yeah. player. He needs some more cuts. He needs a couple more strong finishes, but uh, he's super close. And yeah, I think the floodgates are going to open once he gets it done. So that's that's really good. What can we expect from uh, from TaylorMade for exciting stuff down the road here? What's what's on the what's on the burner? What's what's percolating in the lab? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, there's only uh, so much we can talk about, but I can I can tell you, I've already been in a couple uh, of meetings for for Woods for next year, cool. uh, and the stuff looks looks awesome. Um, you know, I, I am not envious of these R and D guys because when you have a product like Sim and Sim Max, um, how do you bend that? that? That, yeah, that would be really overwhelming to me to make it better um, year after year. And when you these... have a really good product, like, wow. But yeah, I can already tell you, like, the new stuff's unbelievable. So uh, if, super if excited. An R... And I think if you're an R&D guy, are you like sandbagging your quality of your output now? You're like, nah, let's make something relatively mm -hmm. shitty so we can really step it up. Like you said, that's got to be a tough place to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it can't be that bad because it's got to beat last year's product, right? Because it's not coming out if it doesn't. Yeah, I guess um, so, yeah. So to continue to beat, beat, beat. I mean, you know, I'm not going to, you know, back in the day of, you know, some of our ads of 17 yards longer and stuff like that, that, you know, maybe that's a little out of control, right? But 
I, I can tell you that, you know, every year, um, whether it's dispersion, sound, you know, I mean, twist face, like I'm a huge, I think twist face is unbelievable because I now suck at golf and I live out of the high toe. And all of a sudden <laughs> my high toe is like, that's my sweet spot. Straight, yeah. It's a high straight bomb. <laughs> rather than like a knuckler that two hops over the neighbor's fence. Yeah. The little floaty flare. Oops. Yeah. yeah. It must've been very difficult for the guys at R and D, like, especially in those years. And it still is the same, but maybe not to the extent that it once was. But when there was those two lines always coming out every single year, like when I was working in the golf shop at that time, yeah, that was so difficult to like keep up with like the PK. Like I was like, I don't know how to like, even take in this knowledge at this time. I'm like, it is midsummer, and there's another line coming out. I can only imagine what the R and D is going through, thinking like, oh, fuck, we have something that's working. It's proven on tour. Boom, next one. Let's go. Let's get rid of it. Club yeah. pros yeah, run around. I mean, when we first started that, like in the Mark King era, like they were able to pull it off early because of like where the golf business was and where the economy, like it just was working. Right. Cause people would still buy all that stuff. Booming. But then like, is everything took a little bit of a downturn. It actually just like pissed off your customer. Right. <laughs> and you know, like one of the things that I loved is like when we came out with M1 and M2 and like, I don't know how many six or seven years now we've only done the one launch right each year. So it's only been the one launch of the two woods, which you're always going to have two woods, you know, cause one woods not fitting everyone. But like, I loved when we went M1, M2. And then the next year we came out with an improved M1 and M2. So technically we had M1, M2 for two years. So I, I, I like when we do that. Um, cause I, you know, you're still kind of breaking out a little bit of that, uh, idea that we launch something every you know 90 days <laughs> yeah that as a as a <laughs> former exciting. club pro that was very difficult to deal with in the sense that like because we always got our product knowledge training at the beginning of the season and it's like oh sick i remember i remember specifically that first year when there was the two and thinking i'm gonna sell so much of this shit this year i'm gonna be a rock star and then the second line comes out and i'm like damn Awesome. I'll just push it anyways. And I still did sell a ton, which was great. But I think people were so just addicted to the product at that time because that was like the real boom of TaylorMade in the sense that people were like, I, I don't care what it is. I want it. Like I had members coming in going, I just bought the new one like three months ago, but I, I like it and I'll take this one too because it helped me. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sure. That's a, that's Bring a that on the account. Why not? Cheers. <laughs> no kidding. Um. So I got I got one thing I want to dive into here. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this question together, but yeah, between the major golf brands and the people that are affiliated with the tour, is there like the competition anchor man? Remember how the different news agencies <laughs> have little battles? Do you guys like meet up and like play <laughs> golf and like who's the best team of all the? all right like, they gotta be they gotta be boys but there's gotta be a little friendly competition out there too yeah yeah no like so we already talked about my my co-host for big chair podcast <laughs> yeah i mean ding. don't think that every wednesday we're not flying home talking about like by the way you know who i snagged this morning like were you while you were busy grinding that with one of your staffers who's you know now playing my driver whatever right um yeah but yeah i mean we're all friends but there's definitely that competition but it's 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 you know it's like that fun competition right like i mean you're playing you might as well be playing horse totally like you know you have your guys under contract that you're trying to help play the best they can then you have guys that you know you're trying to you know 
because guys, you know, tour players are, are always wanting to get better. So they're willing to try stuff. And you know, advantage, at the end man. of the day, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're going to, you know, their first couple, you know, when, when they want to go try a new driver, I mean, it's going to be tailor-made. It's going to then probably be a ping or a Callaway, you know, they may even try a Titleist, but you know, um, yeah, but so like, it's, it's definitely competitive and fun and, you know, but there's a respect level too. Like if, if a rep is working with a player, you know, you're not just going to march right up, but you may be looking around working with a guy and you got the Callaway, you know, behind you at, at five o'clock and you got the ping guy down the line at nine o'clock and they're both eyeing you. Cause they're like, what is he doing? You know? <laughs> and so, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a bunch of that, but that makes it fun and it makes everyone work harder. Uh, you know, and, you guys and have I, a cool I, job though. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a pretty cool yeah. place to be. I will. Not, I, I, it's the greatest job in the world, in my opinion. I couldn't be more grateful to have it. And uh, yeah, we have a great time amongst our own companies, but but everyone else. I mean, the for the most part, everyone is on great terms. Awesome. Right. That that is definitely more the business thing. I'm wondering if you guys ever play golf against. Like, do you go oh, out? Yeah, for and sure. We're oh, going to no battle doubt. today, ping versus TaylorMade, and like, yeah. winner KO gets the cup between the us. Time. <laughs> The dude's obsessed with ball speed. I think he's hung out with like Cam Champ and like I don't know oh, a couple of those guys too Bryson. much. I mean, yeah, dude, he's he's Ko's like a one eighty plus ball speed guy, and wow. you know what Keith is too. Actually, Keith sends it, uh, but yeah, we go out and play. Well, and what's funny that you actually asked that is, you know, previous, you know, it would be go get go get a fat steak and and a glass of wine and and you know watch the NBA finals in the middle of the summer or something like that, right? But but now. Uh, you know, tour was kind of suggesting let's stay out of restaurants. Let's not be going to dinner with players. Uh, right. You know, they're they're basically asking us to to be extra careful as do part of part. this. Yeah, do your part of this bubble. So, yeah. I, I mean, we've literally played golf. I mean, I think about Hilton Head and Detroit and Reno and like I mean, five fifteen. We're on the tee box at like the adjoining course, and we play until dark, and then it's like chick-fil-a drive-through or chipotle like <laughs> mobile order right it's not a bad, so, that, that's gonna yeah, remind you like night and day so we've been playing a bunch together is the good. point of the story that's okay awesome, yeah man. that's what i was interested in is like yeah what that relationship <laughs> not like hey i'm standing here knowing you're talking to that guy but i just had a good conversation with him. <laughs> he's already locked with well, me but being polite and you guys got to remember i mean i i played college golf and i unsuccessfully played professional golf for about two years but i mean there's some ballers out there that are reps i mean like oh, yeah. larry silvera for titleist i mean he won on the pga tour christian pena the head of you know ping tour he he played successfully for years i mean there's some there's a few guys out there there's that have done sticks. some really nice things you know i yeah, mean no, no. i mean larry silvera winning on the pga tour is pretty impressive i think it's pretty cool too like the way that you described like with all the trucks there it's almost like its own little village like the f1 setup where all like the all the manufacturers are out there like i imagine like the chirp sesh would be so fun when you come out there in the evening or in the morning and all the trailers <laughs> are open up and it's just like you're a fucking boy. He took it down. Like, what the hell? Like, he took my money last night, too. Like, I would love to see that scene, like, when all you boys are just getting out of the truck and ready to roll. Yeah, no doubt. Everyone's got their coffee, and it's like you're getting getting the week going, or you're getting, you know, Wednesday feels like the end of the week, and we're, you know, chatting about whatever. And, you know, getting and pumped. I mean, obviously, some of the places we go, you know, some of those cities are pretty fun, and you can get some, you can get some fun stories going quickly you know between reps players whatever so it's okay yeah, this is a good a segue 
Jason, this is a great segue before we take take up too much of your time here. While we like to wrap up, we always like to ask our guests one of their first-class experiences from golf or at some capacity how golf has influenced something. So give us one of your most crazy first-class experiences while you've been out on tour. Um, Doesn't you know, have to I, throw I, anybody in front of a bus. Don't, don't yeah, feel bad. no, Just, I'm going to throw myself in front of a bus. Oh, because awesome. this, was like a story, Perfect. <laughs> this was a story that was just so innocent, and I was just so young, and I just didn't even know. But uh, so Jeff Quinney, oh, I left him off, by the way, of the ASU guys. So yeah. Jeff Quinney was one of my teammates, and, and he obviously played successfully for years on tour. And so we both graduated essentially the same year. We were tr- both playing professionally at the same time. And I'd be playing like state opens, and he'd be getting tour exemptions. But he'd call me, and he'd say, come caddy for me. And so, of course, you're 22, 23 years old, and that's still a week on tour, even though you're not playing and you're, you feel like you're helping a buddy and you're learning and you're taking it all in. And we are at uh, La Quintero when they used to play La Quintero for the, uh, in San Antonio for the Texas open. And we actually played with Paul Casey that week. And after the Thursday round, I think we were mourning. So by the time we done finished, everybody else had already teed off. He went to grab lunch and he goes, I'll, uh, I'll meet you down on the range in like 45 minutes. I was like, yeah, perfect. He played great shot, maybe four or five under. And I know we made the cut that week, but so I go down to the range and I'm just down there by myself and still taking it all in. I'm 22 year old, 22 years old and having fun and making a couple of grand helping a friend out. And so I'm just chilling down on the range and the range boy comes over and he goes, Hey man, do you, uh, do you want some balls? And I kind of look at him and I go, yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, I'll take some balls. And so he comes walking over with, you know, pro V1. So now it's like you got awesome range balls. And and so I I mean I lay a club down and I just start I start working on my game. And and Quinny comes down and he, like he's 30 yards away and he just screams. He's like, What the F are you doing? And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm trying to get just a little more online at the top. Like, because I thought he was serious. Like, what are you working on? And he was like, dude, you can't be hitting balls. And I was like, dude, the, the, the bad guy asked if I needed some balls. So um, that was just one of those funny stories from a long time ago. But That's uh, what... I mean, there's a, there's a lot of them, right? I mean, I caddied, uh, I caddied for Briny Baird in the 1990 uh, no USAM way. at Cherry Hills. A hat. You know, the stories go, the stories go on and on for all of us, right? Like this little process of golf and your golf life is, is pretty cool. Um, it's an so, amazing, yeah. it's an amazing experience because golf just connects so many dots for so many people and gives us an opportunity to connect with a person like you, where we wouldn't be brushing shoulders, maybe in an airport somewhere, but you know what I mean? It's such a cool way to connect and, and share stories and, and, and build this community of golfers. So very fun. Yeah. Super cool. No doubt. And I appreciate you guys having me on. And, and like I said, if any of you are ever out of tour events, you know, shoot me a message, you know, and even if I'm not at an event or whatever, you know, Wade's there with the truck, you know, make sure and come by and say hello. I mean, even if he's doing a, a demo day somewhere or something, you know, I mean, because we've been doing more of those this year in between events and Thursdays. I've done a couple with Wade on a Thursday. Um, you know, let us know. We'd love to have you by. And, and the new truck is just, I mean, the double decker is incredible. So anytime you guys are all welcome. That's awesome. We appreciate that. If you can get me some balls on the range too, like that would be super nice. Yeah, I'll send you right? my address for that set of irons too. So we'll just get yeah. that dialed up. That's actually like, we've heard a lot of interesting wow stories and that might actually be my favorite one just because like, 
I could see myself doing something like that where it's oh, like, right? yeah, like All now would be would. the perfect time to work on my golf game. Like, let's get those balls. <laughs> And like, here we go. Like, I've, there's nobody I'm, out here. I've been watching all this talent here. Turf and I, I think I learned a couple things and I need to just work this out right now. I mean, I thought I was pretty special. I'm like, does this guy know that I'm playing the Oklahoma Open next week? Like, yeah. Really nice of this guy. <laughs> Let yeah, me sign something it. for you, bro. Yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. Do I put a few of these balls in my bag? Like, they're, they're yeah. fresh. <laughs> these flighted? <laughs> So, Jason, where can people reach out to you on your socials? Where can they find you and follow your story? Uh, you know, Instagram, social media, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm giving a shout out to my boy, Trotty Golf. I'm sure you guys all follow him, but he's, you know, he's a little uh, English leprechaun, but he, he has tons of energy and he does an amazing job for us. Uh, I love the dude. We're great friends. And, and uh, his social media is awesome. I mean, his followers are so authentic and, and interested. I mean, it is pre-covid when people could come in the trailer they're sneaking under ropes and there's 20 randos a day coming in literally <laughs> asking chris trot for his autograph and i mean That's me awesome. and keith and wade are all rolling our eyes i mean it's just like, Trying to pull so, yeah, doors so ahead, instagram, so. instagram and, and then i'll make an appearance on trotty's instagram i mean mine's just small and personal and you know i'm posting posting circle life and my daughter and and occasionally some tour stuff so i love it super cool man Thank you so much, Jason, for jumping on with us. We really appreciate your time. We we don't want to take too much because we know you got to get your sleep before that little one gets up. But once again, thanks again for jumping on with us. It's been a pleasure, right, man. Thanks, thanks so much. Appreciate it, yeah, Jason. Appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care, buddy. See you, everybody. We'll chat with you guys next week. <laughs>